This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. When are entrepreneurs most successful? At what age does that occur? Some people might say in their late 20s or early 30s after they've had a few failures and maybe a few successes. But research from here at the Wharton School says that your mid-40s may very well be the most likely time to find that pot of gold. Daniel Kim is assistant professor of management here at the Wharton School who has taken a deeper dive into this area and he joins me in studio. Nice to meet you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. What was the motivation to to, to look into this specific uh, part of research? Sure. So we were struck uh, by this prevailing view that entrepreneurs, especially the most successful ones, tend to be young. For example, Paul Graham, a very prominent venture investor, he famously commented that when evaluating entrepreneurs, the cutoff in investors' heads is 32. And after that, they start to become a little skeptical. And as researchers and economists, if that perspective is true, uh, it raises a lot of questions on why entrepreneurs, um, or why experience doesn't seem to matter for entrepreneurship like it does for other types of careers. So we took a deep dive uh, by doing a systematic analysis of this question by using uh, confidential administrative data sets from the U.S. government to study the population of entrepreneurs in the U.S. and their outcomes. So how did you, how did you come about the, the finding of it being more so in your 40s as being right. that, that magic period of time? Right. So before the results, let's take a step back and yep. think about why uh, younger entrepreneurs, in theory, might be better at entrepreneurship. Uh, so two ideas come to mind. One is that younger people might be more capable of disruptive thinking. Uh, because they're less beholden to existing paradigms or ways of doing things, mm -hmm. they might be better positioned to come up with new groundbreaking ideas. Second is that they just simply have more time and energy for creating a venture, which is a very taxing journey. So we have a lot of reasons to think that younger entrepreneurs are better positioned for entrepreneurship. So as you were alluding to, in our data, uh, what we found first was that among all the entrepreneurs in the U.S. between 2007 and 2014, the average age at the time of founding was 42. Huh. And the vast majority... Uh, of just yeah. founding the company first. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and the vast majority of these new businesses are small businesses that really have no intention of growing large. So right. these are a lot of you know, dry cleaners and restaurants that we have in the economy. So we shifted our focus then to the high-tech sector, the more prototypical um, entrepreneur that we might think about. And there, the average age in the high-tech sector was slightly higher at 43. And even when we zoom in on entrepreneurial regions like Silicon Valley or Boston, uh, the average age is still in the early 40s. So there is a geographic component to this. And I would imagine, as we have seen tech play out and grow in certain parts of the country, Boston, obviously, there's a, a mm -hmm. tech corridor mm -hmm. in the Boston area. I would imagine Austin, Texas may be one of those cities where you see it as well, correct? That's exactly right. And, and you know, when we think about these tech regions, the prototypical entrepreneurs we might be thinking about is that 25-year-old. But even among those very tech, very entrepreneur-friendly regions, the average age is still in the 40s. Uh, so we found that in the geographic component or the story of this is that is a very consistent finding across geographies and sectors. But it probably also is is a good statistic to have that if you're talking about a city that maybe wants to develop that's right their tech sector, mm -hmm. this is important data to understand that it is it is a a great opportunity to drive growth uh, of the tech startup world. Exactly, and I think that matters a lot more when we think about not just overall entrepreneurship 
but successful entrepreneurship that creates a lot of economic value and jobs. Yeah. So the next part of the paper was looking at what about the most successful entrepreneurs? Um, is that where you know the young um, population are really shining, the upper tail distribution of um, the success outcomes? And there, uh, we looked at the fastest growing startups in the U.S., the, the 0.1 you know, top startups based on their employment growth. And we found that the average age is actually slightly higher at 45. So this is where the mid-40s uh, fact is coming in. And we also looked at successful exits, like IPOs and acquisitions, as another indicator of success. And in that small share of most successful companies, the average age was still in the mid-40s. So overall, we find that the likelihood of entrepreneur um, and entrepreneurial success rises with age. I would think that if you're looking at somebody who's in their early to mid-40s, mm-hmm. they're also somebody that has, has, to a degree, developed their own network. And they've made connections in business that obviously would, would probably help them in terms of the build-out of a company at that point in comparison to somebody in their 20s that may not have that expansive network in, in that situation. You're exactly right. I mean, I think social networks is a big component of why age matters for entrepreneurship. Just in general, many benefits accumulate with age, like social networks, but also financial capital and even um, human capital from working in, in various companies over their lifetime. So we wanted to go after these mechanisms uh, by looking at um, how these different factors really explain uh, the link between age and entrepreneurial success. What we found to be the most supportive um, was the, the role of prior experience, which is the number of years the person spends in the same industry as the startup before finding a company, mm-hmm. you know, that was really predictive of the performance of the startup. Well, in, in many cases, when I think when we talk about startups these days, we're also talking about a company that is started by a group of individuals. Mm-hmm. In, in many cases, it's not necessarily just one individual. So how does the factor of of it being a group of individuals play into into your research? That's a great question. So we first note that the average founding team size is two. So on average, there's more than one person starting the team. We actually didn't dive deeply into the diversity of the founding team. We actually looked at the average age within the team. And we also did you know, the minimum age and the maximum age within the team. But I think you bring up a really good point that deserves a lot more empirical attention, which is you know, what happens when you have a 25-year-old entrepreneur and perhaps you have, quote-unquote, adult supervisor in the room, like the, the Sheryl Sandberg effect for Mark, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. You know, we haven't looked into that kind of pairing of older entrepreneurs with younger entrepreneurs, but that actually might also have a kick. I'm wondering also, and, and not that it was necessarily linked to your, your research, but just kind of your own thoughts, is when you're talking about entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. you're also talking about the money that's coming in for that idea from the VC mm-hmm. and, and whether or not there's an impact positively or negatively with somebody in their 40s that, again, may have that more experience the VC feels more confident in putting the investment in there in comparison to somebody in their 20s. Yeah, so the venture capital investor angle is, is a bit puzzling to us still. I mean, so why might venture investors be biased towards younger entrepreneurs it is a puzzle that we're still struggling with. So one answer could be that they're just misinformed, that they just did not know that younger entrepreneurs were worse off on average than older entrepreneurs, and now they know. I and mean, we have some evidence of this kind of anecdotally because uh, we have uh, met many venture investors that are coming to us saying, we read your paper, we actually feel in our, in, in our gut that this is actually true, so how can we better position ourselves to, to expose ourselves to you know, older and more experienced entrepreneurs? So that could be one side of the story. The second side of the story, which is more nuanced, is that 
venture investors might know exactly what's going on, but that there is a different bargaining power story that's going on here with, uh, in, in the sense that they might have a better bargaining position against younger entrepreneurs. And right. they're actually exploiting that position and therefore kind of having this bias towards younger entrepreneurs into taking uh, more favorable deals for the investors. So we actually haven't ruled out the different channels, but I think there's a rich dynamic here between the investors and the, and the entrepreneurs. Is, is there an element, though, that you also were able to learn about how this research could potentially impact the mindset of places like Wharton, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. of the institutions that are teaching yeah. a lot of these undergrads and to a degree the, the you know, the executive MBAs that are coming back and, and thinking about that next stage in their career, about how they will structure their curriculum moving forward, understanding that that success may not come till you get to your early 40s. Yeah, so so this research is interesting for us, both for kind of intellectual reasons, but also for personal reasons, professionally, because we're in this odd, perhaps privileged position of educating the next generation of entrepreneurs. Uh, so we've had a lot, we have we think there's a lot of implications for educators like those of us here at Wharton School. So just in general, in teaching entrepreneurships, universities tend to focus on encouraging students to become entrepreneurs, you know, either while they're in school or right after graduation. In fact, a lot of universities kind of measure their success in entrepreneurship education by the percentage of students that are becoming entrepreneurs uh, upon graduation. But I think this might be leading to suboptimal entry of young, young workers into entrepreneurship. And what I mean by that is their chances at entrepreneurship might have been better off if they had gained more relevant experience before entering into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of lessons here in terms of how we could promote better entrepreneurship not necessarily more entrepreneurship, by encouraging students to gain relevant experience before diving into their own ventures. And and then potentially, I would imagine, you would see something that would develop in a historical pattern where it doesn't stay as success in your early 40s, but you're able to find ways to be able to move that timeline down a little bit and have more success in your 20s and 30s as well. Exactly, because the punchline of the paper is experience really matters. So if you could get that early on in your life cycle, then perhaps you're better positioned to become better entrepreneurs earlier on than you would have otherwise. Dan, thanks very much for coming in. Great research. Thank you for having me. Daniel Kim, Assistant Professor of Management here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.